TED Audio Collective. I want to tell you about an organization called Kai XR. Founded by educator and entrepreneur Kai Frazier, Kai XR is a virtual education platform that seeks to make learning accessible to all. Interested students can sign up to take virtual reality field trips to the White House or the Louvre, even the Great Barrier Reef, all without ever having to leave their neighborhoods. In the early days of COVID, when many of us were under strict lockdowns, this service was a hit, and it helped democratize access to virtual communities, experiences, and ideas. So I'm obviously excited about what Kai XR does, but I'm equally excited about who Kai Frazier is, because Kai is exactly the type of person who could have really made use of this service. From being homeless at 16 to finding her way to the pages of Forbes magazine, Kai is a perfect example of the untapped potential on the other side of the digital divide. And her story demonstrates that people who have firsthand experience with challenges are often the ones who are best positioned to lead the way towards solutions. I'm Sherelle Dorsey, and this is TED Tech. Today, we'll hear from musician and entrepreneur Matthew Garcia on the promise of online education tools and how we can help every kid reach their full potential. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for TED Tech comes from Odoo. What is Odoo? Well, Odoo is an all-in-one management software with apps for every business need. Odoo has apps for CRM, accounting, sales, HR, inventory, manufacturing, and everything in between. And they're all-in-one, easy-to-use software. And the best part about Odoo? All Odoo apps are integrated helping you get things done faster and more efficiently. So when you think about business, think Odoo. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash tedtech. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash tedtech. This show is brought to you by Schwab. You're here because you like to keep a pulse on trends in technology. Well, now you can invest in what's trending in artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more with Schwab Investing Themes. It's an easy way to invest in ideas you believe in. Schwab's research process uncovers emerging trends. Then their technology curates relevant stocks into themes. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy all the stocks in a theme as is or customize to better fit your investing goals. All in a few clicks. Schwab Investing Themes is not intended to be investment advice or a recommendation of any stock or investment strategy. 
Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Hey, listeners, before we kick off today's episode, I want to give a shout out to one of our favorite podcasts, Masters of Scale. Every week on Masters of Scale, Reid Hoffman, co-founder of LinkedIn, meets with some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs, discussing the strategies that got them to where they are. You'll hear from entrepreneurs like former Burberry CEO Angela Arens, Imagine Entertainment's Ron Howard and Brian Grazer, Airbnb's Brian Chesky, and many other iconic founders. Be sure to search for Masters of Scale wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a Latinx son of immigrants from a small Texas border town. Growing up, I didn't have access to classical music, and i never been to the symphony. But I always knew that I wanted to play a string instrument. So in sixth grade, when we got the opportunity to pick our instruments for orchestra class, I took one look at the viola and said, great, that'll work. And as I began to play the instrument, I immediately fell in love with it. Even though my middle school orchestra director was a fabulous bass teacher, she could only teach me so much on the viola. And because there weren't any viola teachers in my town, to be able to play the things that I heard in my head, I turned to a teacher who seemed to know everything. YouTube. <laughs> By watching countless hours of YouTube videos of the great virtuosos performing everything from Beethoven to the musical suite from Star Wars, I tried to mimic their techniques and incorporate them into my own playing. With a few difficult years of practice, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and the endless support of an entire community of people who really, really wanted me to succeed, I began to play at places that I had never even dreamed of, like Carnegie Hall, and bring my music to audiences across four different continents. It had been one of the most difficult learning experiences of my life, but one that proved an important point. Anyone from anywhere can do incredible things if you connect them with the knowledge and resources that they need to thrive. On my travels, I became friends with the elite young musicians who seemed to have all the resources. Because they lived next to musical capitals like New York, Chicago, or LA, they studied at places like Juilliard on the weekends. They watched their teachers perform major symphony orchestras, and they had access to almost every musical opportunity that you can imagine right in their home communities. And even though I was proud of the hard work that I'd done to get to their level, I hated always feeling behind because I never had access to private lessons. So you can imagine how excited I was when I had the opportunity to take my first professional private lesson with one of the best violists in the world. I just knew he'd be so excited about how much progress I'd made on my own and encouraged me to become a professional musician. So it came as such a surprise when he told me to quit. <laughs> he said kids like me who didn't start playing at an early age who didn't have access to private teachers and the best resources, who didn't really understand how the classical music industry really operated, generally could not make it as professional musicians. Now, classical music is incredibly competitive, and sometimes people with all the resources don't even make it. So I'm sure he thought he was doing me a favor, and maybe he was, but I was shocked. It hurt. But I didn't want to disrespect him, so I smiled, said okay, and left. I was a 15-year-old who loved playing the viola more than anything, but in that moment, I seriously considered putting my instrument away forever. Now I'm 21 years old, and I couldn't be more grateful to have experienced that moment of discouragement because it opened my eyes to the fact that for 13 million children in the United States who live outside of major U.S. cities, pursuing a career in something like classical music, ballet, art, 
research, and many other historically exclusive fields is incredibly more difficult, if not practically impossible. In classical music, for example, people of color make up only around 15% of America's orchestras, despite representing almost 42% of the U.S. population. So, in some ways, I don't blame that viola teacher for telling me to quit. Music opportunities tend to cluster around major cities, especially the charities and nonprofits that try to help underserved students, and I just wasn't around them. But people have talent everywhere, and everybody deserves a chance to grow that talent and share it with the world. Because when we allow people like me to systemically be prevented from entering into these competitive fields, we uphold the elitist and exclusionary systems that allow so many children to be told that they're not worthy enough to pursue their dreams. I wanted to change that. For many years, I had no clue how. But when the COVID pandemic hit and our entire world went virtual, I saw an opportunity to help others learn music online, regardless of who they were, where they lived. Or what they could afford. So I texted a few friends I knew from around the country and put together a founding team. Together we reached out to 20 other musicians that we knew and asked each of them to teach a free virtual private lesson a week to an underserved young student. This meant that students like Samuel Igbo, a 14-year-old violinist from a small town in Texas who dreams of pursuing a career as a concert violinist, could receive personalized musical mentorship. From Nikki Nagavi, a prize-winning violinist at the New England Conservatory, my idea inspired and connected hundreds of people from all walks of life to offer their time and expertise to aspiring young musicians like Sam from around the country. And now, just two and a half years later, this little idea has turned into Through the Staff, a national nonprofit that has provided almost six hundred thousand dollars of free virtual private lessons to almost a thousand young musicians. From Fresno, California, to Wilkesboro, North Carolina. I didn't realize it, but I'd accidentally started a virtual nonprofit. We didn't just use the internet to deliver our services. Our organization existed on the internet because our program was run entirely by volunteers from around the country, who worked together for a common cause despite never meeting once in person. Because our students and teachers could learn from each other online wherever they were. Geographic boundaries no longer mattered. This digital workspace meant virtually no startup or scaling costs. So we've been able to grow and make incredible changes with a budget of only nine thousand dollars over two and a half years. It was only after I began to see this profound potential for impact that I realized that virtual organizations can help us better distribute educational resources directly to those who have benefited from them the most. And if this worked in classical music. I figured it can work in other places too. This time, in academic research. When I began to explore biological research in my second year of college, I remember trying to find a mentor and being discouraged to only see white male researchers. Just like in music, this trend is systemic. Only 15% of all doctoral researchers were Native American, African American, or Hispanic. I wanted to change that. And I knew that the virtual nonprofit model that I had already developed could make a difference here too. I could start something that could help generations of future young researchers break into academia. So in 2021, my best friend and I gathered a founding team of 31 college students and started another virtual nonprofit 
called the Free College Research Institute. Together, we've created four 32-hour virtual research courses that have taught, trained, and inspired 160 high school students of color, from Clerksdorp, South Africa, to New Delhi, India, to Alpharetta, Georgia. If I could break down barriers in access to music and academic research, anyone can do it anywhere. That's exactly what makes virtual nonprofits so powerful. They transcend geographic boundaries and bring opportunities to those who would literally never otherwise have them. They're a new way to find and connect the world to a huge source of untapped talent, and a necessary step to nurturing the future of these industries. This is the future that will not only change the fabric of these institutions, but ensure that they survive and prosper for years to come. And as more and more children are connected to the opportunities and knowledge and resources that they need to chase their dreams, I'm excited to see the people that lead every industry look a lot more like the world around them. I know that this transformation can happen, but I can't do it alone. So if you have an idea or interest, For how to make a historically inaccessible field more equitable, grab a few friends, brainstorm a way that you can break down the barriers in your field, and start a virtual nonprofit. You may never meet the majority of the people that you serve, but the effects of your hard work will touch them in ways that they will never forget. Thank you. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com. Designed for work. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. TED Tech is part of the TED Audio Collective. This episode was produced by Isabel Carter, who also wrote it with me, Sherelle Dorsey. Our editor is Jimmy Gutierrez, and the show is fact-checked by Christiane Aparta. Special thanks to Farah DeGrunge for her support as a project manager. I'm Sherelle Dorsey. Let's keep digging into the future. Join me next week for more. You're growing a business, and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites, or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.